I'm curious, do you have a really great BS detector? You're, maybe you're often skeptical of others. Are you really street smart? Would you say you're pretty self-assured? You often find yourself being the leader in the group. Maybe you even struggle to ask for help. Do you love a good challenge? Do you fight really hard for the causes you believe in? Do you have a great sense of humor? I bet you're a blast. You might have thought that these were all parts of your personality, but they might actually be coping mechanisms you've picked up over the course of your life, and they're having a huge impact on how you show up, especially on this motherhood journey. Are you curious to know more? You got to take my personality patterns quiz. Here's what's going on. When you were a child, whenever an experience overwhelmed your nervous system, you subconsciously built a defense against that overwhelm. Over time, those defenses became a habit and then they became a pattern. And now as an adult, what we think of as our personality is often this defense pattern running the show. It's so interesting, right? There are five different personality patterns and they're not personality types like the Enneagram or the Myers-Briggs but rather they describe the safety strategies that we immediately go to when we start to feel overwhelmed. They don't describe who we are so much as what's blocking who we are. The good news is that once you take my quiz and learn about your pattern, you can learn skills to break out of that pattern, and then you can live and parent your kids as your true and authentic self. Click on the quiz link in the show notes or go to michellegrosser.com forward slash quiz Now to take my two-minute personality pattern quiz. Welcome to the Calm Mom Podcast, the show for ambitious women ready to get off the hot mess express. I know you've got a lot going on. You work so hard. You're raising an incredible family, and sometimes it can be overwhelming. I'm your host, Michelle Grosser. I'm a certified master life coach, attorney, wife, and mom. And years ago, I was right where you are. I was running a busy law practice while raising a family, and I was on the fast track to burnout. I thought I just needed to be more organized or have better routines, but it was learning how to heal and regulate my nervous system that expanded my capacity to gracefully hold more of this big, beautiful life. You too are worthy of an extraordinary life in and beyond motherhood. Learning to be a calm, anchoring presence in your home and at work is going to be your superpower. If you're here to do the inner work that brings a sense of calm amidst the chaos, I'm here to join you on that journey. Each time you press play, your growth continues. So let's get at it. Hey, hey, friends. Welcome to the Calm Mom Podcast. Michelle Grosser here, your master coach. Thanks for joining us today. Today, we have a conversation with Melissa Giller. And guys, the timing of this conversation is so good. We're talking about hustle culture. We're going to talk about a couple other things too. But I just think it's so timely as we're all getting our kids back to school or transitioning from kind of that summer rhythm to the rhythm of fall and I don't even want to talk about what's what's coming up next, Um, but I'm noticing that in this season, I'm really being intentional about slowing down, slowing down. Um, I had a conversation with my team this morning. We are considering going down from three episodes a week to two episodes a week just because there's other things that I want to create and bring you guys. And right now, my bandwidth is like at capacity and I'm just going, going, going. And I noticed this morning... Even as I was in the shower, 
I was just like, slow down, lady. Like, you don't have to wash your hair at warp speed. Like, slow down. It's okay if your shower takes two extra minutes. And I think that's such a powerful thing to become aware of. Um, and for me, especially, right, I want to be embodied in the stuff that I'm teaching you guys. I want to practice what I'm preaching here on the podcast. So in this episode, we talk with Melissa Giller. She's a life coach. She's a business consultant. She's got her own podcast. Um, and she's a mentor to so many moms and women. And we talk about what it looks like to create business around your family and your priorities and your own unique personality, like how we're wired. Um, so I believe this conversation is going to help you uh, reconsider maybe some of the ways in which you're doing things, reprioritize, making sure that your foundations are strong. Enjoy this conversation with Melissa. Hi, Michelle. Thanks for having me. I'm so Thanks. excited. Yes, <laughs> it's going to be great. We have so many things we're going to talk about today, but before we do, I would love if you could just take a minute and kind of let everyone know who you are. I know you're also a mom and a little bit about your, just your journey. Yeah, for sure. Wow. Where to begin? <laughs> so I'm actually from the middle of Canada. I'm a Canadian girl born and raised. I, I do love to travel. I've had many opportunities to travel throughout my lifetime, but I love where I live. My family is here. It's super important to us. So I'm a mom of two, Ari and Ava. They're six and four currently. And my husband, Michael, we've been married for almost six years together for nine <laughs> coming up on. And yeah, we, we live on, you know, over an acreage and we just love being outdoors. And we live in a smaller town where we chose actually to move in the pandemic to where I grew up. And so that kind of smaller town way of being is not at all what I thought I kind of want, but turns out that's very much me. So yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm turning 38 this year. I had my kids right kind of as I turned 30 and just into that. So I spent my 20s as such a, a go-getter. Like I, as I mentioned, I was traveling a lot. I got two degrees in that time. I got a bachelor's in psychology and then my master's in business. I was working my butt off, hustle, grind, all of those things, you know, experiencing life, I went through heartbreak and just like finding myself along the way, right? But it was until I became a mom that I realized like, oh, wow, I didn't see that shit coming. <laughs> it just, I, I always like to say it, like it brought me to my knees in, in so many heart opening, cracking, initiating ways. I'm so grateful for on the other side, not on the other side, I'm still very much in it, obviously, but just that new motherhood and that transition was such a, when I look back, like I take such a spiritual kind of approach to a lot of what I do. I, I also didn't mention I have a, a certification in life and spiritual coaching. And so my spiritual practice has become, and we'll get into that, I think, like something that's very important in my life. And I see everything through this kind of bigger picture lens now. And I really just feel that you know, motherhood as this initiation is really this awakening inside of us if we choose to let it, right? And um, it's the start of a whole new you. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I can, I, first, I can just relate to so much of your story. I also have a four-year-old and a six-year-old. And I actually grew up on the border of Edmonston, New Brunswick. So I am not a Canadian, but I grew up right on the border, which is, which is, 
feels so remote now. I live in Miami, like just where oh, I come yeah. from, but can definitely relate to the smaller town and cold weather. But yeah, for me too, like motherhood was just, I often say like we prepared so much and like taking the classes and buying the books and getting the nursery set up. And then we had this baby and we're like, what in the world just happened? And then they like start to have their own voice and they just mirror to us so many opportunities that we still have for growth and so many ways in which we were, we thought we were conscious, but we really weren't, Um, which is, which is so beautiful and so fascinating and also so humbling and such a quick reminder of how little control we actually have over anything in this world, which is all very, very spiritual. So I'm excited to talk to you about that. But I know you share about your time postpartum and how, and maybe you can share a little bit about that and also how that kind of segued into maybe the spiritual practices you want to share a little bit about. So with my first pregnancy, it was relatively normal in the sense like I was, you know, morning sickness for three months, not fantastic. And then I got better and gained a healthy 50 pounds with him. (laughs) I could relate to that too. But our birth journey was difficult. I had a 36-hour labor for an emergency C-section and uh, recovery from that, plus a colicky baby who didn't sleep. Born in Manitoba winter, which is, I don't know, we've made the news in the past as being as cold as Mars. (laughs) So... (laughs) Like this, again, this was pre-COVID, but when I say isolating experience, like it really was. And so that was tough. But, you know, I got through that. I felt like that was, you know, not, it didn't break me. It was, it was new motherhood. It was rocky, but we carried on. But it was actually my second pregnancy. I got very sick. I had a boy and then a girl. I don't know, difference in hormones, but I threw up from conception until in labor and after labor actually (laughs) I threw up every day it wasn't enough that I was like hospitalized for dehydration but it was enough to really put a wrench in my life like when you are feeling constantly sick and so I really it was humbling in the sense too like I really understood what people with even you know chronic pain chronic illness deal with because it was entirely fatiguing I had no energy I had no kind of mental emotional capacity because of this physical discomfort but I had a two-year-old at home (laughs) and I was trying to stay in and so she was two born in January in the winter and another I opted for a VBAC uh turned still pretty traumatic with you know a operational assisted delivery uh, recovery from that it was it was bad but at five months postpartum, I broke my foot. And that was really kind of when, when I've looked actually at that spiritual meaning of, of breaking a foot, it's literally like you cannot carry anything anymore. And so it was very timely for me. I was dealing with a lot of anxiety over our breastfeeding journey and just it was very different. I was trying my best with her as all like we all do. I was putting so much pressure on myself that, you know, I I think it was actually better the second time around than the first time. But like, yeah, I was, I was in hindsight, I can look back and see how much this anxiety was just ruling like every piece of that relationship in my life, kind of both times around. And 
Yeah, I really, I never, I think in it flew, flew into, actually I, I did the second time around reach out for postpartum anxiety help and the wait list was 12 weeks. Wow. Oh man. And I was like, we're going to be in a whole new season, but it's three months from now. Like I need this now. I'm in it now. I had not a lot of help. So the foot happened and this led up to an increase in like panic attacks, which I w- had not experienced in my, in my past. Well, I had not consciously experienced and, and looking back, I'm like, okay, I think I might've had some minor panic attacks before in my twenties, but no, this, this was something I'd never experienced before. It was really kind of out of the blue and uh, I lost all the breath in my body. It just like got all my muscles spasmed and caved in and my hands shut down and my cheeks even went in. It was so frightening. And we called 911 and what sticks with me in that moment is the paramedic being in my bedroom and looking around and he sees the baby monitor and the books on the nightstand and, you know, all those things. And he's like, I see this all the time. Wow. And that. Mm, I know. I'm like getting emotional. <laughs> I know. Uh, yeah. It's a lot. That was, that was the seed that day that started everything I've done since. I'm getting emotional too. I've told this story so many times and I don't often get emotional telling it, but yeah, it's for me. Like when I look back, it was so powerful and poignant and a turn it, like my life was never the same again. So I, I first took care of myself. I got, you know, some really great birth trauma therapy and healing cognitive behavioral therapy, I really started addressing my thoughts and and learning how that was impacting my marriage, my parenting, my everyday living. We had couples counseling, like I cannot stress the amount of practitioners you can call on to have on your team to help even and then yeah, like spiritual guidance, I sought out at the time, you know, shamanic healer and lots of Reiki and just moving energy and processing that. And so that's what I decided, you know, I'm going to be a coach for moms. My focus has since kind of evolved a bit, but like I I went into that with this full intention of getting the life and spiritual coaching certification to start a business to coach moms. Hmm. Similar to exactly how <laughs> you do it. It's like that that thing, that statement of I see this all the time. I was like, then then I need to help those people. Yeah. Yeah. We're on such parallel journeys. I feel like it's the same kind of recognition for me. It was during the pandemic. And I just remember having this like 3am moment. I'm like, every mom I know is like losing it right now. (laughs) And it is, it's just this calling to help in some way and just be a part of it. So I love that you answered that call. Did you have to, like, did you transition in your career? In or like, were you doing something previously that you're like, okay, no more of that. I'm going to start my own thing. Okay. That's tell a us. good question. So as I had said, I, I had received my MBA and I was working actually in management consulting for a big four firm. You know the name. <laughs> I mentioned it. And I actually left when I had my son, my firstborn. My husband also owns a business that was really starting to grow at the time. And we decided to cut back on my business and focus on family. Not maybe the right decision, quote unquote, right, what's right, what's wrong. It was, I, I made that decision, but now that I think back, it, I need, I need something, another outlet. Like that was just not 
I was I'm not meant to be a purely stay-at-home mom and we need stay-at-home moms and I I more or less was anyways because of the pandemic like I ended up being a stay-at-home mompreneur uh, running a business from home with my kids there so I mean it just but yeah I I realized actually between those pregnancies so I started teaching business communications virtually mm-hmm. through like our university here and then I also got involved in running a mom events business with a colleague, but that shut down in March of 2020. And so that's when I pivoted using that word, like online delivery. But I really, yeah, my coaching business launched in August of 2020. And uh, I guess just to say like kind of how that's evolved since I began, you know, obviously coaching with moms and working exclusively with moms and then of some other women who were more experiencing the anxiety piece and like that's kind of where I was able to help but as I was working with these clients over the course of probably two years really started to gravitate more to the women who they were like you know eight out of ten times a mom some sort of professional like a lawyer or um, you know a, a another sort of service provider even like copywriting marketing skills who wanted to work for themselves and so i really began coaching solopreneurs to create income around the skills they already have and start a business basically from from nothing and just really teach them how to integrate that business into their life mm-hmm. so all these pieces are working together and like stress management is a huge piece of that yeah. So, yeah, so many pieces. Do you often find yourself working really hard to keep everyone around you happy? Do you often wonder if others like you or, or maybe what they think about you? Do you struggle to set boundaries? You really love being connected to others. Maybe you trust others really easily. How about this one? Do you tend to be quite talkative? You might have thought all of these were just parts of your personality but they're actually coping mechanisms that you've picked up over the course of your life and they're having a huge impact on how you show up, especially on this motherhood journey. Are you curious to know more? You've got to take my personality patterns quiz. Here's what's going on. When you were a child, whenever an experience overwhelmed your nervous system, you subconsciously built a defense against that overwhelm. And then over time, those defenses became a habit and then they became a pattern. And now as an adult, what we think of as our personality is often this defense pattern running the show. It's so interesting, right? There are five different personality patterns and they're not personality types like the Enneagram or Myers-Briggs, but rather they describe the safety strategies that we immediately go to when we feel overwhelmed. They don't describe who we are, but rather what's blocking who we are. The good news is that once you take my quiz and learn about your pattern, you can learn skills to break out of that pattern and you can live and parent your kids as your true and authentic self. So click on the quiz link in the show notes or go to michellegrosser.com slash quiz now to take my two minute personality patterns quiz. I wonder too, as like in your coaching and maybe for yourself, just being a solopreneur or a working mom, just the level of, there's so many things, right? But first, I guess just the level of like motivation it requires to keep going in some of this stuff when 
it feels like one, it can feel overwhelming because we have all of the work stuff and all of the home stuff, like our mental loads are so big, our our actual to-do lists or our physical requirements that our families need and just to keep the house running and everything. And I wonder in the moments where it feels either overwhelming or it feels like we're not motivated to show up for ourselves when we don't have to be at a nine to five, maybe. What are some of like the, the, the coaching things you offer to your clients in those moments, I guess, because I think they're inevitable, right? Yeah, for sure. You know, I really embrace the cyclical nature of life and the seasons. And I mean, it's easy to where I live because we have four distinct seasons. Yep. So we're in a time where it's very, very cold right now. And also because of the way the pandemic landscape will say has been everybody is sick all of the time <laughs> right between like i'm sure it's the same where you are but like we didn't wear masks or we wore masks for two years and now all these germs are happening like we're home every second week it feels like with two kids somebody's sick and then a parent gets sick and whatever so i am very much a kind of like stop start kind of person lately, it feels like you get this momentum and then you have to stop and slow down. And I've also experienced that because I tore my ACL over the summer and I was in this, yeah, like, I I know. (laughs) And you're still here. Yeah, I know. I am. I'm back better than ever. I feel that like, it's almost like it's a game now. (laughs) What else do you got? (laughs) You know? Um, But yeah, like we, we are constantly in this kind of season of forced rest. And so what I teach my clients is mainly self-compassion and letting go and being okay to like do less consistently and just like start so simply, do the smallest things, make it the easiest as possible on a consistent basis. And then when things do hit the fan, maybe it's just like one thing you need to move off your plate or it's like it's you're mentally kind of prepared because you anticipate that these things are going to happen. I think that's kind of like control and surrender can become really big kind of things for me where like I advise people just make a t-chart then make a t-chart all the things you can control right now and all the things you need to let go and surrender and that always feels good for because I do it myself and it's like seeing it is validating of like, okay, I really, really don't have control here. So yeah. as much as I want to I feel like I can force it. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's good to just be able to visualize it too. And mm-hmm. actually see probably how short the list is of things we can actually control. Yeah. And most of them just have to do with us and our thoughts and our actions. Exactly. And many other things. That's, that's so good. I want to talk to you about hustle culture. Cause I feel like that kind of, all blends together. And I feel like, especially as working moms, mompreneurs, high achieving moms, it's hard not to get wrapped up in the hustle culture. And I think it feels, it doesn't feel intuitive to be able to get this much done without hustling. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would love it, like whatever invitation you have to kind of shift their mindsets around that, or even just like practical tools, because hustle culture is toxic <laughs> and it's mm-hmm. damaging and it's not healthy. But it's hard to see it and get out of the hamster wheel sometimes. I call hustle culture being in survival mode. Yeah. Basically. And I think the biggest motivator to me that I would want to share is that like 
does everybody know Maslow's hierarchy of needs? Yeah. And that pyramid, just picture a pyramid and being in the bottom at survival mode. You cannot reach enlightenment. You cannot reach self-actualization. You can't reach joy and happiness if you're in survival mode. And survival mode is those like bare necessity needs that we often ignore because of hustle culture. And so I teach the acronym NESTS okay. to my clients. Write this down. Write this down. So NEST is nutrition and hydration. Okay. Exercise and fresh air. Sleep, mm. time to myself, and support systems. Hey, that's good. I love that. Reminding yourself, like, when you're in survival mode, you're not watering those plants. Like, you're not likely getting a proper meal in or quality time with yourself. No, nonetheless, never mind your supports. Maybe you're staying up late, drinking lots of caffeine. You're just not going outside, getting that time in nature, even if it's 15 minutes to go walk, whatever. And for me, my quality of life really starts to go down when I'm living that way. And so I think it's motivation enough to for myself at this point to just know, like, there's a certain type of Melissa I want to show up as in this world. And for my children and for my spouse... And for my parents and my friends and my clients and all the people who rely on me in some way. And if I'm not actively like pouring into that cup, I'm going to let a lot of people down. So it kind of addresses the people pleaser in me. Yeah. <laughs> it really enforces this like me first, like my own air mask first. Because I've seen, I see what happens when I when it doesn't go that way or just like, I don't like the feeling I have when I yell at my kids. And when I'm feeling taxed and stressed and frustrated, I will start yelling again. I see that happen. Mm -hmm. And so that's a note that, okay, you need to like, you're doing too much. And so as attractive as it might be to go to every event or be in every circle, like I just, became so intentional with my time and energy and boundaries and that if it's really not a like a, a revenue generating activity mm -hmm. or like a soul fulfilling activity it's just something to do and there's no like connection to a deeper why for me I'm out that's such a practice too getting getting used to saying that or evaluating it yeah. I love this nest and I feel like sometimes when I'm not taking good care of myself it's almost like I have to remind myself that I'm like a little plant and I'm like, I need the same things. Like I need some sunlight today. I need some nutrition today. I need a period of, you know, being dormant. So that's such a good reminder. You mentioned boundaries and I feel like as moms, working moms, we just can't talk about boundaries enough. No. <laughs> um, so, so I love that. I wonder if you have, if you could share maybe a few of your favorite boundaries. I feel like sometimes we think of boundaries as like keeping away like an intrusive family member or something like that. But yeah, like, like often, <laughs> but so often it's like boundaries we have for ourselves and how we manage our bandwidth and our energy and our emotions and all of these things so that we can, like you said, show up how you want to show up. Right. Yeah. I'll give you a great example because I had to enforce this boundary today. So I try to get up at six. 
every day. And my kids are typically up at seven. And my, my oldest for sure is, you know, cause he's tired and he's Google and like he'll sleep till seven. My youngest is a bit of a, we're on card. So, but that time from six to seven, that is my morning routine. It's really like sacred space for me. I drink my coffee, I journal, I sit with my thoughts, I do whatever I want to do, I pull cards, like whatever I want, really. But I'm not making breakfast for people. I'm not helping get the day going. And so a boundary for me is when, if they're up early, if it's really early, I'll actually say, like, please go lay back down for a while. And she's actually, she'll she'll do that. If she's fighting me, you know, it's a bit of a different story. But like, she's really good for that. So she will just go lay and kind of rest for a bit more, or I say, you can be here and we'll sit together and you can be on the couch with me or, you know, around, but I'm not, no, not making breakfast and no, I'm not reading that book right now. Or just, I kind of just boundary my time even to my children. <laughs> so, but then, you know, with, with other things, like I, I really only make say one lunch meeting a week to connect with my network or future client or just collaborate or whatever it is, local connections, one a week that fills my cup. It's something to look forward to, but it's like a financial boundary, a time and energy boundary. Like I'm not saying yes to every lunch invite that comes my way. So yeah, I just, I, I have, I kind of have like a weekly template I live by, like in terms of what I work on each day. And I have time to do certain things that keep like my life running each day, even like including like our weekly grocery order and the meal planning time and things like that. And so for me, I find like having those boundaries has really helped me create white space as well. And like I said, so when things do come up, it's not a, like it's not as stressful as it might be if my schedule was literally like packed, packed, packed every hour. Yeah, I think that's so wise. I've just started really getting strict, I guess, for lack of a better term, about protecting the white space in my calendar and trying mm-hmm. to make more of it. Because sometimes it's like we're booked, you know, six, eight months out. And I'm like, how do I even open stuff out? But man, doing so really does or has removed a lot of stress because I just have time to work on things either I want to work on or not work or deal with right. the things that just show up too. So I love that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted to ask you too. I know just with some of the business coaching that you do. Well, first of all, it's your, your program's called Mindful Boss Academy, yes, which okay. I love. Okay. So <laughs> tell us a little bit about that. And then I also would love if you could kind of touch on, I can, I guess I kind of touched on it earlier, but just that feeling. I think sometimes when we want to do these big things and we have these big dreams, how it can be overwhelming to start mm-hmm. and maybe some of like, Again, if it's mindset work or just like how we can stay aligned with our vision and how we can have those small steps that kind of move us, move the needle and move us toward our goals. For sure. For sure. So the Mindful Boss Academy, if you'll note, the acronym is MBA, which I have one. And I was thinking one day about how useless it can be. <laughs> and if if I were to design, to design an MBA, like what would I include? Right. And so the mindful boss Academy kind of just it like, honestly, it just came together. And it was for me thinking about like so much of 
leadership, I feel at a high level is self leadership. And if you want to increase your effectiveness as a leader or a role model or a mentor or a boss or whatever, really do need to work on yourself first and foremost. And so my programs blend the tactical and strategy and like we address finances and marketing and sales and offers and all the like actual things to do. But as I said, we bring in a huge stress management piece and mindfulness approach. Like it's, it's interwoven into everything I do because for example, when a new client comes in, we'll go in and craft that weekly template. As I said, that I have in alignment with their goals. So if their goal is to launch a podcast this year, we need to make sure there's a little bit of space in the week for podcast work. Right? Even at the get-go, you're researching, like put that hour block in your schedule if you know that that's something that you want to be working on. So to your point, to, to make those choices in alignment, what I do is, you know, I, I set my goals for the year or however, like, and I'm not, I'm not so like hung up and strict on like a specific goal planning and that like I get that people change and evolve and your goals can too. So I, I leave a lot of room to, to change. But if right now you come in and say, these are my goals, so then let's work on them because it's nice to know what you want to like work towards. Right. So we'll set smart goals, but then I'll set milestones along the way and then break those milestones down even further so that it's like, weekly things what's like what do you need to do just like this week that would keep you in alignment with that goal and so a lot of things we don't realize it's actually just something super small we need to do or like a 10 minute habit we need to have that keeps us in alignment yeah I love that so much power in habits right it's like we yeah. We can have all of these ideas, but until we're able to consistently put them into practice, those small things that we do consistently, we really start to see the payoff. And also just like reverse engineering those goals and coming up with those plans like for each week too. I know for me, every time I sit down and do something like that, I immediately feel like like so much lighter, right? And so it's like, I don't have to keep all this stuff in my head. Like I already have so much going on up here that just putting it down on my planner or my computer always makes me feel better. And that is the mindful boss in action. I feel like not letting your head get cluttered in order to perform as effectively as you possibly can. Like that, if I could like sum it all up into that. Um, yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this has been so good. I really appreciate it. I, I feel like we kind of ran the gamut, right? We like started out with the birth story, some business stuff, and our ending here. So I think that was really good. I enjoyed it. And I know our listeners will too. So thank you so much for joining us today. Before we go, though, I want to make sure that you tell everybody where they can find you, where they can find their own MBA, the mindful way. And um, yeah, what just what you've got going on and where you're hanging out. Absolutely. So pretty easy. My website's melissagillard.com. So everything is fed off of there, basically information on the Mindful Boss Academy, or even some free downloads are available. And I'm usually on Instagram hanging out at Melissa underscore Giller. Perfect. Awesome. Thank you so much for being with us today. Well, thank you for having me. This was such a fun conversation. If you love mommy's podcast, leave a review. 
If you enjoyed this episode, it would be so awesome if you could take a moment to subscribe and rate the podcast. And if you have just a few more seconds to leave a quick review, they really help to get this podcast out to other moms like you. I read every last review and trust me, when it's late at night or early in the morning before my kids get up and I'm working on bringing you all of this content, your reviews are what keep me going. Leaving a review is truly the best way you can thank me. And of course, DM me on Instagram. I love to hear from you. Thanks for listening to another episode. Head over to the show notes for this episode and all past episodes at michellegrosser.com where you'll find free resources and more ways to connect with me. If you love the show, share it with a friend. Thanks again for tuning in. We'll see you next time.